Welcome to the Baseball Insiders on this Thursday. Happy to bring you a show today. Robert Murray is off. Uh, as always, uh, he and I have consulted on things. Obviously, I could share little nuggets. Uh, but joining me today is uh, from the fan-sided side of things, from the betting side of things. Uh, you've seen him on previous iterations of this podcast, if nowhere else. He has been here before. You do know him. He's Peter Dewey. Uh, Peter, thank you for joining me, man, and always appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, of course, Adam. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm I'm super excited. We've got a fun uh, off-season so far to, to dive into, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, we're going to have some fun today. I thought Peter and I would to, uh, do a little bit of uh, power ranking the most desperate teams left this offseason. Uh, as someone who spends a lot of time in the Baseball Insiders Discord, we got a lot of different fan bases in there, and some of you are getting more desperate than others. So we're going to do a breakdown of how we're feeling right now, the teams that are potentially the most desperate, or have their fan bases at least the most desperate to see moves before the end of the offseason, because there are several teams that vowed to go all in this year, that are still fairly silent. Plus the latest on the Yoshinobu Yamamoto chase, who Yankees would rather pay Juan Soto or Yamamoto, who the fans would rather pay the next free agent dominoes to fall. And the one franchise that I can't help, but notice has been completely forgotten this off season. There's desperation. And there's one fan base that is just, their franchise has completely disappeared, receded into the curtains. We'll point that out. And uh, Jeremy Witt, Red Sox, you better believe they're going to be mentioned on that list uh thanks for joining us again we're here every monday uh at 3 30 eastern we try to be here every thursday at 3 30 eastern as well potentially during the rest of the week you never know when we might pop on by so turn those notifications on if you are subscribed to the baseball insiders if you have not yet joined our discord channel now is the perfect time to do it we've got several tiers the general tier if you just want to hang out and chat the rumor mill tier if you want to join robert murray's rumor mill to uh, get updates and scoops from Robert between shows. We've also got an all-star tier. Uh, those all-stars get priority responses in the comments, in the questions during the show. And they also get a monthly private Zoom call with Robert and myself to answer further questions face-to-face. -face. Uh, no, those do not get recorded and released. Those are just for you. If you're in that Discord, the information shared in there is private. Do not share it anywhere else. Shouldn't have to tell you that, but I will. Uh, we'll share what we can on the podcast. We'll share what we can on the Discord. Um, and I see some of our Discord members in the comments. I think people have been attesting to it lately as a good spot to be recently. Uh, shout out to all of you for showing up and watching the show in the comment section. Um, take it from them. It's a fun spot. Uh, we love running it. And uh, today's show is also sponsored not just by our membership Discord, but Baseball Insiders Today is sponsored by Sleeper Daily Fantasy. We are partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give new users a first deposit match up to $100. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2, FANSIDED, and the number two, it's right there on the screen, when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. Do what I do. Put $2 on a parlay of Easton Stick rushing yards and Michael Mayer receptions and call it a day. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. Peter, I'm actually kind of on a run doing three team parlays every Sunday. I chickened out mm. and uh, cashed out after two wins on two in a row, but then I would have won if I just let it ride because I'm a little baby. Then I lost one. Then I won two more. So I don't know. I wow. might actually be good at this. That's impressive. That's a great streak. NFL is uh, – I feel like NFL is tough, man. I I'm, I prefer the NBA, betting on the NBA because that's my my sport. But uh, NFL is tough, man. The upsets that happen just on a given week, it's crazy. It's absolutely. I don't. Nice. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I had a four way last week that would have hit if the. I've actually had money on Raiders Vikings, the three nothing spectacular. <laughs> um, 
And they pushed. So they did take uh, money off my table and food off my plate. But you know what? We move on, and now we start betting on the potential destinations for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Because it's Yamamoto meeting week. Um, the Yankees met with him on Monday. The Yankees have been scouting him extensively. They've made him Brian Cashman's top priority for a year plus, a year and a half now. Something I've noticed in the Baseball Insiders Discord specifically is that Yamamoto's people have done an incredible job of making every single region and every team that got a meeting think they are firmly in this. The Boston people are hanging on every word. So were the Giants people. So were the Yankees people. And, and you'll have conversations where Yankees fans, myself, that's me, uh, will be like, Cashman sent a rep to every single start this year. And a Giants person will be like, so do the Giants. And then I'll be like, well, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> it's very regional. Like People are getting the information in every region that feeds into their team being the favorite. That said, it is hard not to feel like, despite the Bob Nightingale tweet last night that said the Yankees are the favorites, the Dodgers are making a push, but the Yankees are the favorites, it's hard not to believe that the team that just signed Shohei Otani just got him to defer $68 million of his annual salary into the deep future, just brought Otani and Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts to the meeting. Reportedly, Yamamoto is a Dodgers fan. I've seen him in a Yankee hat on his Instagram, but... Dodgers people reported at the time of the meeting that he's a Dodgers fan. It's hard to see anybody stealing the momentum back from L.A., no matter how good the Yankees felt on Monday. I don't know if you feel the same way. We're all just waiting here. I think it's it's more than logical at this point to think that the Dodgers are probably in the league. Yeah, I feel like you have to. The second Otani deferred that much of a salary, it, it, I mean, this sets up perfectly for them to get Yamamoto like it, it just seems like that was the the logical move like you why defer that much salary if there weren't other moves to be made in this offseason this being potentially one of them um and I think it, this goes without saying for everybody in the baseball world it's really hard to take something Bob Nightingale says and take it as gospel it's very tough so him saying that the Yankees are the favorite kind of taking that with a grain of salt personally um but I, there's the other thing too is like you talk about like all these other fan bases like I, the the Mets hype I've seen I just don't like I don't understand the the Mets angle for him it's going to be a rebuilding year like yeah they can give him the money like whatever but if he wants to get the money and win like the Dodgers logically make the most sense maybe the Yankees make some sense in that aspect but at the same time it's going to be really hard to pass up a Dodgers offer especially the chance to play with Otani too like I feel like that's a huge driving factor the fact that Otani was able to sign before this this domino falls like it just makes too much sense and we know that Yamamoto is comfortable sharing the locker room with another Japanese star because his agent made that really clear like a month ago what we didn't know was whether Otani was comfortable sharing the locker room with another Japanese star and if Otani went to the Yamamoto meeting then I think we know now and is, so, yeah. like I don't think we have to wonder about that anymore it's no longer up in the air the Dodgers make perfect sense there was like a brief, there was a wrinkle in time where I was like, okay, so Otani's deferring all that money, but it lowers the AAV. It doesn't make that money disappear. He doesn't count $2 million against the tax threshold this year. He counts his AAV against the tax threshold. So it's $46 million. Ostensibly, it's treated like a 10-year $460 million deal. That's still a lot of money. It's not like Otani's not getting paid or counting against the tax or taking up room. The Dodgers really need to fill out that rotation. Yamamoto wouldn't even really be enough for me to confidently label them a team that I know could get through a short series, despite the fact that Twitter has decided that the Dodgers are already the 98 Yankees on steroids because they signed <laughs> Otani and are talking to Yamamoto. I mean, they're yes, they're, it's a very good roster. It's a very good roster that flamed out in the division series last year and the year before. 
I also don't understand what people are expecting. Like, were they expecting the Dodgers to just decide that they were good enough and they didn't need to improve anymore? Like, they haven't won a World Series in a full season since 1988. So I get what the Dodgers are doing. Um, I lost my I lost my train of thought from a long time ago. I get what the Dodgers are doing, and I, I understand, um, you know, it, it all makes sense for them to be all in on Yamamoto. What I don't understand is the, the idea that it's over for the league if they get him. There was, like I said, a wrinkle in time when I thought, hey, they need all this pitching. They need two or three guys in the rotation. If Yamamoto is going to be $30 million a year, isn't that really all the money they saved and a little bit more from Otani? Wouldn't they be better served trading for Tyler Glass now, which reportedly they're involved in pretty heavily, although that was reported as done late Tuesday and it's still not done. That package is still evolving. Um, I, I thought, wouldn't they be better served spreading the money around on glass now and another starter and maybe two more starters. But if they're willing to do glass now and Yamamoto, if they think they have the money for that, then that's obviously what they should do. If it doesn't, if one doesn't take them out on the other, they should just go ahead and get both. Yeah. That's the thing. It depends on if they, if they, if it's a, um, if it's a one or the other situation, like, I, I think he, I agree with you. I think you want the depth, especially after watching what happened to the Dodgers last year. Like they had on paper, one of the best teams in baseball and they got hit by the injury bug in so many different spots throughout the season. It was like, we don't have the depth after a while to compete with this. And their credit to them. I think they have a pretty solid farm system in terms of their pitching. We saw Bobby Miller come up and, and pitch very well last year, but like they still didn't have enough arms. So to go all in, if it was just for one guy, and we know Otani's not going to pitch this coming season. So it's like, you're, it's not like you got double Otani for, for 2024. So I think, uh, I think they'd be better served if they can get multiple players with this extra space that they have. But at the same time, if they are just going to do both type of deals and they're going to get everybody it's like yeah i mean that makes sense i think they're going to be in the betting market an absolutely overwhelming favorite to win the world series yeah. it's going to be insane but again i think this is something that's like to be aware of and you mentioned it like you can't just pencil them in for the world series i mean there were points last year where the braves looked like an overwhelming favorite to win the world series and they didn't even win a playoff series so i think uh the way baseball goes and it's 162 games there's plenty of times for guys to get hurt there's plenty of time um, for a team to get hot at the right time. We saw two wildcard teams get hot at the right time and end up in the World Series. I don't think there's ever a case where, like, yeah, on paper the Dodgers should be favored, but, like, where it makes sense for them to be this insane favorite and say, yo, you should bet on that. They're still going to win. There, There is no Kevin Durant on the Warriors in baseball. Like, that just doesn't happen where you have a team that's so dominant and you kind of know going into the season, like, unless something catastrophic happens, they're going to win it all. Like, that isn't the case in the, in this scenario. Shohei Otani has yet to play a playoff game. Like he he exists. He's been in Major League Baseball for several years. He has yet to make the postseason. That is not an indictment on Shohei Otani. That is a, a description of why it's extremely difficult to make the playoffs and win World Series in Major League Baseball. They should be the favorites unequivocally. No one is saying like you know who I really like is the Reds, but to act like the Dodgers are just this unbeatable juggernaut because they add Otani and add probably the two arms that they really need, whether it's Yamamoto and Glass now or Burns and Bieber and Yamamoto. Or what, like they, they can still mix and match. I do wonder, you know, the Michael Carrillo in the comments saying, you know, they need a long-term ace. That's why, you know, just tarting Snell, uh, no, sorry, just tarting Glass now, got my rays mixed up. Doesn't make sense. I get that. But next year, like you said, Peter, you get double Otani. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, you don't get Otani at all. You're trying to you're trying to piece it together. You're trying to piece something together. Next year, Max Freed, LA guy, Corbin Burns on the market, double Otani. Like if you can piece together this season with Glass now, Montas, Imanaga, like. If you can spread $40 million on three arms instead of putting $34 million AAV on Yamamoto, uh, then you can really double, triple down on this next winter because the free agent starter market is even more impressive next winter. But all of that is moot, like we just said, if they're like, we'll do glass now and Yamamoto. Like if they don't have to pick, if they're willing to drop $60 million on two starters this year and then go look for another one and go get Kershaw back midseason, like if they can do all that, then we don't then all logic of baseball conversation goes out the window then there's no limit to what they can do and it's just like all right well then go forth man do whatever you're gonna do exactly i think the other thing that's interesting here is do you play this for this 2024 season say they they have to make the decision yamamoto versus glass versus that glass now package where you get a bunch of different guys do you play this 2024 season as we're playing a one-year deal here see what we can do in one year without otani pitching and then we reevaluate at the end of 2024 and say, okay, this is what we need going forward when we know we have Otani in the rotation. Cause it is a different mindset of, of where, how you're thinking. Like, obviously, you know, he's in your long-term plans, but 2025 for the Dodgers is going to look vastly different than 2024 is just because you're adding one of the, you're going to be adding one of the best pitchers in baseball in theory, knock on wood. If he recovers from Tommy John and is the same guy, you're adding him into your rotation. So do you want to even take on so much long-term money and multiple guys, like you said, before a great free agent class, when you can say, hey, if we can be good enough this year without him pitching, we maybe win the World Series, maybe we don't, but then we reevaluate in 2025 and say, hey, this is going to be the long-term, this is what we're going to do. I think that also makes a lot of sense because they're not going to be at full strength in 2024, which is crazy to think about with how good the roster is supposed to be. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. And as a you know, we're sitting here in New York. We've been watching the Yamamoto discourse for quite a while. It felt for a long time like it was going to be a Yankees Mets bidding war mm-hmm. uh, with the Dodgers lurking. Maybe if they don't get Otani, they go full throttle. That narrative has shifted in a major way lately. Ken Rosenthal sort of put out a thing earlier this week saying, "Hey, the money's going to be there no matter where he goes." Like nobody's none of these teams are not in the range. Like he's going to be able to get money. It's a matter of personal preference, which makes me think, hey, there's at least a sliver of a chance that the Yankees were so confident earlier in the week because they just have assurances from his team all along that like, hey, he he wants to pitch for the Yankees. He's going to take these beatings, but that's Mm -hmm. probably where he wants to land. That's the only thing that would make me think they could be at all confident at this point. Uh, but it does feel like the, it's not necessarily a bidding war. Maybe it's not the Yankees and Mets going neck and neck. Maybe it's just the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, all these iconic franchises. He wants to get a feel for the lay of the land with all of them. And the Dodgers give him a pretty solid feel by being able to say, hey, we just went and got Otani. FYI, here are the superstars on this team. Uh, they're pretty tempting. I would lean that the momentum is carrying him in LA's direction. So mm-hmm. yes, this is coping a little bit. But at a certain point, the Yankees... You can't say as a Yankee fan they're not spending. They do have Juan Soto on the roster. They have to figure out a way to keep him long term. If this year goes well, he's there. He's on. He's on the team that for this year. That is true. Um, Yamamoto getting three hundred million dollars. Although I suspect there's an opt out in there. It, he probably wants to hit free agency again at twenty nine. So maybe a year four opt out. 
Um, not necess- We're not talking about adding two different 10-year contracts to the books because I do think Yamamoto probably bounces during the contract. That said, Cole, Judge, Rodon, still Stanton, still LeMahieu. There's a lot of pieces here. And, and theoretically, Soto, for according to David Ortiz, $500 million. That's what he keeps saying. And I get it. So if you had to choose one to pay, which you don't, but you're getting close to, and yes, this is coping, and everyone who hates the Yankees come here and say cope, you'd be right. You'd probably pick Juan Soto, wouldn't you? You would 100% pick Juan Soto. There's two reasons why. So I have two two reasons why. One, and this is going to sound like a, a – I don't want to say a bad take, but Juan Soto is a proven commodity. I think Yamamoto is going to be great, but we have not seen him throw a pitch in the MLB yet. We know what Juan Soto is, and Juan Soto is a perennial MVP candidate that is 25 years old that if you sign him to a 10-year deal – you're hoping for seven years of that when he's 32, he's still at his peak performance. I think to me, that makes a ton of sense from the Yankees perspective to have him basically for the rest of judges Yankee career where you're like, Hey, we have another MVP candidate. The other thing I think about here, Adam, that I think is kind of a lot of people have, uh, it hasn't really been talked about. I'm sure you know this, but Garrett Cole has an opt out after the end of this season. Yes, he does. Garrett Cole. Uh, this is speaking from a pure baseball fan. If Garrett Cole doesn't want to do the Yankees a favor, he's opting out and getting paid more money on this last deal than just saying, I'm sticking with the original deal I signed. The guy just won the Cy Young. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball the entirety of this Yankee contract, no matter how Yankee fans feel about some of the bad the bad playoff start against Boston, whatever you want to say. He's been one of, if not the best pitcher in baseball. The Yankees may have to pay Garrett Cole more money than they currently have committed to him to keep him in New York. And again, I'm going to say this. I would rather have Garrett Cole at whatever price it takes to get Garrett Cole than Yamamoto purely because I know Garrett Cole is a proven commodity. I know he can handle New York. I know he can win a Cy Young in New York. It makes a whole lot more sense. So if you are the Yankees, I think long term, you've already committed this money to Rodon. Like it or not, it's committed. It's there. You're not going to be able to get off of it. You already have money committed to Stanton long-term. You have money still committed to LeMahieu long-term. Obviously, you have the judge money. Soto makes the most sense for the age in terms of you have him and judge is the best one-two punch in all of baseball offensively. And then at some point, if you're the Yankees and you look at all these other teams that have competed for World Series over the past few seasons, you have to develop some pitching. At some point, you have to develop some pitching. You're committing per season almost $100 million to Garrett Cole and and Carlos Rodon. They have to be ace-quality pitchers, and you have to be able to fill in the rest with somebody who is on a rookie contract. At some point, you can't just buy, 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 and think it's going to work. And the Yankees have shown in the past couple of years that they're a little bit cheap right now under Hal Steinbrenner. So I think long-term – Paying Soto is the move. Obviously, Scott Boras' client, he's going to hit free agency. They're not going to get a hometown discount. It is what it is. But I just think Juan Soto, for what we know he is, and the fact that Garrett Cole could opt out and you could have to pay him more, I wouldn't pay another pitcher, especially when we haven't seen throw a pitch in Major League Baseball over Juan Soto at the end of the day. I agree. And the comments are right. Cole has a weird opt-out. Technically, if the Yankees want to nullify the opt-out, they could just add a year to the end of the contract, um, which, you know, is a good idea. You want to keep Garrett Cole. But we know Hal Steinbrenner, like you said. Like, is there a chance 
that Cole triggers the opt-out and somebody says to Hal, look, this is simple. All you have to do is add his age 39 season at the same AAV. And Hal's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, you tell me I can get out of the deal though, right? That's also an option. Or there's a chance that like, I don't know, you know, they tell Hal he can trigger, you know, just bring him back, add that extra year. And then he's like, well, why don't we get creative? Why don't I give you a big amount? Why don't we change this deal to three years? And I give you $160 million. Like, He might get creative to try to get rid of that extra year. I think Jake Storch in the comments, like, they'd be smart to. Yeah, I mean. They should, but you just never know. But these are the same Yankees that decided to pay 33-year-old DJ DJ LeMayu a six-year deal because they didn't want to pay him uh, more money per year on a shorter deal. Like, I'm not putting anything past Hal Steinbrenner. In theory, they should just tack on the extra year. But I, I can't. Unfortunately, this isn't the George Steinbrenner's Yankees. Like, I can't trust them to do that. We've watched them cut payroll after having some of the better teams that they've had in the Aaron Judge era. So, like, to say that it's a guarantee that they're willing to do that after watching them get burned on the Stanton deal, that deal is horrendous. They got burned on the LeMayu deal. That deal has been horrendous the entirety of it. And the Rodone deal has started off about as bad as you could have possibly thought the Rodone deal would start off. Like, who's to say Hal's like, I'm not doing this again? Like, I, I don't know. So it makes sense. But, like, he could just opt out. And who knows how much he gets if he does hit the open market. You might have to pay him $50 million a year. I mean, look what Scherzer and Verlander got the last couple of years. Like, you mean to tell me Garrett Cole isn't worth that? 100% is. Like, his deal right now on the open market, it's a value. The fact that they're getting him at $36 million a year. It's He could get paid so much more. If it, he took like a shorter term deal, 100%. And the judge deal looks like a value too. You know, we'll circle yeah. back to this. Yeah. We'll circle back to this at the end of the year. They should just tack that extra year on and make it, you know, make it a non worry uh, and forget all about it. And Cole will be involved in any free agent conversations they have moving forward. But uh, I do think it's it's not 100% slam dunk because House Steinbrenner is a weird guy. Now, He's a very let's. Weird guy. Yeah. Let's pivot away from the Yankees because I think we're 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 losing subscribers by the minute. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> people love people like to laugh at us. I think. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Let's bring some other fan bases in because uh, I do want to talk fan base desperation because I'm watching. Uh, this is sort of my whole thing about the Dodgers. Like, look, the last two years, they flamed out of the first round of the playoffs twice in a row. They didn't win a playoff game last year with what was thought to be the most stacked roster in the history of the franchise two times in a row. Uh, that's desperation. Like, you can't tell me that that team is just going to enter this offseason and be like, we're going to sit this one out. We like our guys. Like, that's what people get on the Yankees for doing. You got to make moves. There are now teams out there who their fans are desperate for moves. And I just look at it and go, like, look, I, I think it's completely justified to be this desperate for maneuvers based on where you're sitting and how far away you can get from the top of the league. If you don't make changes now for me, number one is the Red Sox. And number one is the Red Sox because Craig Breslow comes in to break from the high and bloom cycle. Like high and bloom found value at the margins, right? He did. He did. He did over and over. He, he sent them to the 2021 ALCS by getting Kyle Schwarber, by getting under by getting Nick Pavetta, by getting underrated pieces. They went on an underdog run. And when they got to the ALCS, they got smacked by the Astros. And then he took steps back financially the last two years. Craig Breslow takes over and says, we're going full throttle. 
to solve our pitching woes. What does full throttle mean? Does it mean Yamamoto? Does it mean Jordan Montgomery? Does it mean Blake Snell? Because if it means none of those things, if it means asking the Mariners about their controllable pitching and having the Mariners say, no, we're not trading it, and then going, okay, thank you for your time, then that's not full throttle. So the Red Sox can't just sit here and get worse. Like, as much as Yankee fans might want them to, their goal is to win baseball games. That fan base is desperate for moves because they're being fed. People are telling the fans we're going to make big moves. So that's why you're, you're desperate for a reason. The Red Sox need to reward that faith. Number two for me is the Cubs because they're not making any – another team that's not making a bunch of impact MLB moves. They got Craig Council. They paid Craig Council an absurd amount of money this year to be their manager. The largest managerial contract in the game. To follow that up with nothing would be completely like just not lack foresight, lack instinct, lack fuel for the offseason. They need to at least get Cody Bellinger back to Chicago. Number three is the Padres, who probably had to say goodbye to Soto, but they're still saddled with these long-term deals that they can't get out of. So what are you going to do? Are you going to take the money you save on Soto and pocket it? I don't think fans are going to like that. It's got to at least be outfielders. It's got to at least be rotation. They, they need to fill 700 innings. Bring Mike Clevenger back. I don't care what it is, but you got to reinvest some of that money. Bring Waka back. And then number four for me is the Seattle Mariners, just because I don't get them. I thought they were all in with Luis Castillo's extension last offseason. Now they're cutting payroll. Now they're way under where they were. You can make an argument that Teoscar Hernandez is is someone you can improve upon. You can make an argument that Eugenio Suarez is declining. You can make an argument that Marco Gonzalez and Evan White were dead money they just had to get rid of. But like the Padres – What's the plan here? Are we going to enter next season with 50 fewer million dollars on the payroll? Or are we going to sign Jorge Soler and try to compete with this rotation that everybody wants a piece of? So those are my top four. I don't know if you've got any more to add. Yeah, I I agree with you on Boston being number one, just with all the change, the front office change, everything. Like, And then to be linked to so many of these big names, like you have to come away with something. If you run back a similar team to what you had last year, I mean, I don't know how Red Sox fans can can really stand for that considering where the franchise has been recently. And then also, I think just from the Boston thing, not to throw another Red Sox dig, but like you get outbid by the Kansas City Royals for Seth Lugo. Like that's that was like, oh, we were in on Seth Lugo and you lost to the Kansas City Royals. Just it's a terrible look. It's a terrible look unless they get Yamamoto. If they get Yamamoto, then okay, understandable. But I think the one that for me that you didn't say that I would add, I think the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, I know they got Jung-Ho Lee. I think that was a good signing. But you think about the last couple off seasons, the Giants have been linked to every single big name, Judge, Otani, everybody, everybody you could think of, Correa, the Giants were supposedly in on. And this is all they've come away with. And like now the Padres look like they're, Padres didn't make the playoffs last year. They look like they're going to take another step back. Like Arizona's up and coming in that division. So now you got to be worried about them. Obviously the Dodgers gonna be the Dodgers. Like the Giants made the playoffs. What now are we talking two years ago? And like, now it's like, okay, what's the, what's the long-term play here? Are we just going to sit in the middle in the NL West every year? Like there, there has to be something uh, going on there. They have to make, I think another move or there has to be some kind of direction. I feel like there there's, there's two different, like you have the contenders, then you have the teams that are like very obviously in baseball, like not trying. And the Giants are just perennially in the middle at this point. And I just don't know where they go from there. So I feel like they have to be one of those teams that's in the desperation. Like they 100% should be coming into this year saying we have to finish at least second in the NL West and get a wild card. Like there's no question. And that's a tall task considering Arizona was in the World Series last year. Like it's not like that's a given anymore. 
So I would put them on that list as well. But I agree with the four you said. I think it's a, a great list. And they added Eduardo Rodriguez in Arizona too. Like Arizona, yeah, got better. exactly, Arizona exactly. Got better. What, what are you going to do? It, the Giants are funny because they they have missed on all these top tier free agents, and now you got Buster Posey blaming the conditions of the city. Now we have to get political in the middle. Like yeah. this offseason is so slow that now we've got baseball fans being like, "Oh my god, I got to check and see how good my mayor is to see if we're going <laughs> to sign top quality free agents." Like. How clean are my streets? I, I I just hate that this is an angle that we're even talking about <laughs> at this point. Um, I will add, I think, our uh, another name that got mentioned in the comments that is valid, especially based on the Baseball Insiders Discord uh, chat and the way that people react in there is, is Angels fans, just because they don't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. Like, that if you are of this generation, you, you've squandered so far two of the greatest players, most talented players in the history of the game with only – one of the most absurd facts that gets more absurd every year. I, uh, I've i been to one Angels playoff game in my life. I was at the most recent Angels home playoff game, uh, 2014. Like, th- that is still – I think about how long ago that was. And to think about the team that we grew up with in the 2000s with Vlad and Bartolo and K-Rod, that, that team hasn't had a home playoff game in almost a decade. And I think back to the person I was when I was at that game – and I'm like, man, that's the most recent one. Like, that's crazy. And it gets that's crazier, insane. crazier every year. Uh, a guy in our section of that game got kicked out for trying to fight the whole section. It went extra innings. This was like the ninth. A drunk guy got kicked out. Uh, we all watched him go. My friend and I didn't interact with him at all. We just like, we're like, yikes, this, I hate this. This sucks. And then the game ended like an hour 20 later. Angels lost. I think Moustakis, either Moustakis or Hosmer homered in extras. But I think it was Moustakis. Uh, we're leaving and we see that guy lurking outside the gate, walking in circles. We're like, are you, come on now. Like we run <laughs> to the car, we got in the car. And to think that that night was the most recent angels home playoff game is crazy to me. That's wild. That is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they fumbled two of the best. When you look back in when it's 30 years from now and they talk about best players of the two thousands to 2020, like they had the two best and they got nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing to show for it, which is crazy. Yeah. And look, and I'll, I'll just add that the Dodgers are not on this list right now. Their fans are not clamoring. You know, their fans are not desperate, but opening day, when opening day hits, the Dodgers might just zoom to number one. Like the pressure is going to be really overwhelming. There's no weirder feeling in sports than when your team is just the extreme overdog and every loss feels like death. And every win, you're like, we just have to sustain this for another six months. Ha ha, no problem. Ha ha, or whatever. Like, you just have this cloud over your entire season. Um, North Carolina basketball. I know we got some North Carolina fans in the Discord. Like, they opened last year as the preseason number one. And they lose one game to Iowa State in a little preseason tournament. And me and everybody else were like, ha ha, it's all good. Ha ha, no worries, man. (laughs) LOL. And then they lose the next one in, like, quad overtime to Alabama and then it's like, well, season's over. Like, we're going to fall to 10, and then we're going to lose our next game. We're going to fall to 17. And then, crazy enough, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it just snowballs. Like, you're you're all the way at the top, uh, and you're, you're like, all right, preseason number one, okay. And then every loss feels like a thousand knives. And you're like, every single game, you're crossing your fingers waiting, hoping it doesn't happen again. The Dodger season's going to be like that times a million. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. Now, the, the one team that we're not talking about, the forgotten franchise of the offseason – and I think they, they're not on this list because their fans have been surprisingly quiet, which is weird because they have the loudest fans in baseball. Where are the Houston Astros this offseason? 
we we heard about an Altuve extension. Altuve came on the Baseball Insiders and said no talks back in September. We think they're going to get that done at some point, but I'm not hearing anything there. Alex Bregman is a free agent next offseason. We heard Alex Bregman trade rumors. Lance McCullers comes back midseason. I read Lance McCullers trade rumors today in an alternatives to Yamamoto article. Hadn't thought about that. Now I'm thinking about it. Where are the Astros? What are they doing? Are they content with taking a step back without Dusty Baker? Do they think they can contend as is? They're probably right. They probably can. But <laughs> silence, dead silence. It's very weird. I feel like they think they can contend as is, and I'm. they're probably right. I mean, yeah. we've watched them just like kind of let guys go, and then they're still fine. Like they let Correa go. They let Verlander go, and then Verlander magically is right back to them. Yeah, that's You cool. know, right, right when they need it. Um and I think too, I think I don't know about Bregman as much. If I'm them, I would trade McCullers if you can get a taker for him. I mean, he hasn't been healthy in years, and like it just doesn't at some point like just penciling him into he might pitch two months for us, like isn't worth it. And if somebody's willing to take a shot on it and you can get a prospect or you can get a player that can help you in 2024, I would go for it. I just don't think long term, like he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um but I, I think they're kind of – it's weird, man. I'm, like, waiting. And this is the most, like, pessimistic Yankees. I'm just waiting for, like, some random guy that they decide is going to be in the starting lineup this year, and he just turns into, like, yep, this guy's going to hit 280 with 25 bombs, and we're playing him every day. Like, that's just is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems like that's what happens. Like, I mean, nobody expected the Jeremy Pena resurgence when they won the World Series. Like, nobody expected him to be that guy right away, and he was great right away. So – I don't know. They've been quiet, but it's kind of, I feel like the last couple of Astros off seasons have kind of been like that. Like their biggest move last off season, unless I'm wrong, was they let Verlander walk and they signed Jose Abreu. Like it wasn't like they made some huge splash and then they were a game away from the world series. So um, I, I just think they're kind of content with just doing whatever. And I think at this point, if you're in the fan base, like you just have to trust this front office. Like they've been right for what, 10 years. It feels like now, like, why would you even complain like about them not doing anything? Because it seems like no matter what they do, they still are in contention. The comments are right. I think the Orioles and Marlins need to join this offseason as well, especially the yeah. Orioles, who like they're one Dylan Cease away from being really scary. I think they're resting on their laurels a little bit too, just knowing the farm system that they do have. But man, oh man, where the hell are you? Um, before we go, I just want to drop a couple nuggets on who we think are probably the next free agent dominoes to fall. Um, this is pre- some of this is educated guesses, some of this is speculation, but I do think that we're pretty close to a few of these. Um, and as Robert mentioned, be really careful. Uh, you know, we don't know th- this Dodgers Manny Margot Glass now trade. This is not close to done. All we know is that it's not close to done. Uh, we are waiting uh, for uh, plenty of plenty more dominoes to fall there. The package might not even be settled. That's out now at this point. So we got to wait for that before we know what the Dodgers are up to. Um, I've seen a lot of informed speculation about Justin Turner to the Mets especially after the Ronnie Mauricio injury. David Stearns tried to get him when he was with the Brewers. After 2020, he was the only one who really tried to poach Turner from the Dodgers offer. I think that's an obvious fit, and I actually think it's sneaky going to happen over the next few days while everyone else is distracted. Justin Turner, everyone has had him pegged as like a February signing. He signed around. He signed this week uh, last year. He signed this exact weekend with the Red Sox last season, which shows you how much faster the market moved last year. 
um, I did a thumbs up and a little thumbs up appeared on my screen. I don't, that was pretty cool. I don't like that. I don't know why it happened, but there it goes again. <laughs> uh, very cool. I didn't do that. Um, I think just turn to the Mets is pretty is something you can expect to see. Jordan Montgomery to Boston. If the Yamamoto news drops off and he's not going to the Red Sox, I think you got to do Jordan Montgomery to Boston by the end of the, you know a, a day or two later. If he doesn't go to the Red Sox, then I'm not mocking him to any else ever like i'm never sending the red sox a free agent again if they can't close on a lefty who would do wonders for their rotation who's currently living in boston so i i still think it's almost a guarantee um and i am wondering about you know i think we talked about the mariners needing to use that budget on something i still think so makes a lot of sense and i can't imagine the padres not signing mike clevenger uh are there any other dominoes that you're looking at while we all wait for yamamoto to drop yeah, the one I'm looking at, you had mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I think Cody Pellinger back to the Cubs. The Cubs got to do something. Uh, I've seen Cubs and Blue Jays as the top two teams in on Cody Bellinger. Both teams kind of desperate, especially after the Blue Jays missed out on Otani. I think he ends up with one of those teams, like one of the first guys post Yamamoto probably signing. Like I, If you're the Cubs, I don't know what – I get the, there's you know the money and whatever, but like I don't know what the holdup is at this point. Like You have to do – something they if they, they just decide to let him walk and let stroman walk like it just i don't know what their their long-term plan was so i i expect i would expect him would be one of the guys i've been waiting for i thought he would have signed honestly post the soto trade i thought he would have been a quick because it just seemed like logically those two kind of went together but i would be very surprised if he lingers like into the new year or something i would assume it gets done before christmas just because he's such a, a big name and obviously has the suitors out there I agree with that. And I also agree with Bader to San Diego in the comments. That's a fit that makes a lot of mm. sense. Um, if we're asking them to spend their money, it, maybe try a one-year deal while you're still trying yeah. to contend with all these long-termers out there. Bader, an interesting player, for sure. Uh, well, shout out, uh, Peter Dewey. Thanks for joining me. Uh, great show today. Good crowd. Good comment section. Thanks for showing up. Only one Where's Robert. Uh, love to minimize those. <laughs> uh, we only got hit with one. Uh, he will be back on Monday. We'll do a big show uh, we'll recap everything that's changed over the weekend. Hopefully we get a deal or two to discuss instead of just uh, our informed speculation. As much as I love speculating, uh, I would much rather talk about the aftermath of a contract and then what's next rather than just playing the waiting game with Yamamoto for another uh, week, two weeks. We don't even know if he's going to hold extra meetings for the finalists. The Mets today said, yeah, we don't know. He didn't tell us. We don't know what's going on, which like <laughs> could be bad for the Mets or could just be, we could have another round of this. We don't know yet. Uh, so we'll find out. Sleeper Daily Fantasy is, again, today's sponsor, today's partner. Give you a first deposit match up to $100. If you're a new user, just use that code FANSIDED2 or scan that QR code right up there on the screen to see if you qualify. And uh, join the Discord, as Joanne, our producer, in the comments said. Uh, Peter's in there if you want betting tips. Robert and I are, of course, in there all the time. we got three distinct tiers to join at. You can help ask questions between shows, chat with Robert and I, uh, have your own private shows essentially during your downtime. And if you join at the all-star level, you do get that uh, extra private video session with Robert and I. If you want to uh, help us put faces to names, we're excited to meet with you guys. We're going to be announcing details of that soon. We got that hopefully tentatively planned for next week before the holidays. So stay tuned for details of that. If you're in the all-star channel and we'll make sure to nail everybody down uh, for Peter uh, and myself, well, Peter, uh, where can everybody follow you before we sign off? Your, your handle's on the screen, but what platform are you most active on? Yeah, probably on Twitter, at Peter Dewey, too. Um, that's where you're going to find most of my stuff, baseball, basketball takes on there. 
Um, and my TikTok is the same handle too at Peter Dewey too. Some some fun NBA stuff on there. But yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And uh, you'll probably see come Yankee season, Adam and I bantering back on the the timeline about the our Yanks. Yeah, we'll be there. Of course, I do. I no longer have a fandom. I am simply an objective journalist who roots for the New York Yankees 162 times a year. <laughs> uh, oops. Uh, well, you can find Peter on on Twitter. There, you find me at Adam Weiner. But I will. I'll try to be less annoying moving forward into 2024. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see everybody here again Monday at 3.30. Another big show. Uh, shout out to the comment section. Shout out to our producers. Shout out to Robert from afar. He'll be back. Uh, and bye, everybody. Have another good one. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.